Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind. A mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and play. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. Michael Nazareth. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is August 9th, 2022. We are actually about to see the first full slate of games in the preseason for the NFL, and I couldn't be more excited. My name is Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found on the web at ffmastermind.com. This is our running back preview show for fantasy and with me once again my very good friend and a great fantastic co-host very experienced fantasy player and writer chris rito how you doing tonight chris very well sir very well you know i gotta tell you i had lunch with a couple of friends i hadn't seen a long time today and i know missy and brian are listening right now so we talked about family and church and life but we spent most of our time talking about fantasy football because it's august and that's what we talk about. It's fantasy football. I'm excited to be here. Oh, yes, I am excited, too. Let's get right into it. First of all, I do want to mention uh, our long-term sponsor of not only this show, but of, the, uh, of our website and services, uh, myffpc.com. That's the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's the only high-stakes fantasy contest that I play in. Uh, I've been fortunate uh, to play in it every year. It's been around, I believe, 12 years now, and in the last eight, uh, have won uh, more than $30,000 playing this uh, contest. Uh, but the best thing about them is that they also run classic uh, leagues uh, as cheap as 35 bucks. So if you just want to get a little bit of skin in the game, you don't have much money, maybe the wife doesn't let you spend more than a couple hundred or, or not even $100, you can get in for 35 77 These guys pay out on time. They run a very professional operation. Check them out at myffpc.com. And let's get right to the news and notes uh, from training camps and such. Uh, the first note here, I specifically picked it out for you because over in Washington, I guess the commanders are seeing a little bit about what Carson Wentz did for the Colts last year. And consistently inconsistent was the term of his uh, practices, sometimes good, sometimes bad, uh, several bad plays in a row, several good plays in a row. Uh, Chris, fantasy uh, thoughts on, on Carson Wentz 
does he make the Washington uh, Commanders better this year or or not? And and has he does he have any real fantasy value? Uh, he makes them better and worse. Uh, like you said, he's consistently inconsistent. Uh, in other news, the sun is warm, water is wet. No kidding. Um, he's <laughs> going to have big plays. He's going he's to have big games. He's going to have game-winning drives. He's going to have plays that make you scratch your head. Uh, he's not the kind of guy who can carry a team. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not Andrew Luck. And I think that's what he suffered from in Indianapolis. He wasn't that kind of guy in the locker room or on the field. But you put him with a great surrounding cast, he is more than adequate to lead a good team. Um, maybe more of a, of a Tony Romo and, you know, God forbid, I'll say Troy Aikman because I don't, I think he was a little bit overrated, but if he had to carry a team by himself and make other players better, he's just not going to do that. And he's going to look inconsistent as he tries to make other players better. So from a fantasy perspective, again, he's going to be matchup dependent. Um, he's got really not a lot of weapons aside from McLaurin and maybe McKissick out of the backfield. So he, he's a good quality number two. He's going to be middle of the pack number two statistically, but he's going to make you scratch your head if you're a Commanders fan. Okay, I understand that. Uh, moving on over to uh, a couple of running backs we want to talk about real quick. Uh, Kareem Hunt in uh, in Cleveland, uh, he wants an extension. Uh, he signed a two-year deal uh, before last season, so he's on the last uh, year of his deal. Uh, he was kind of trying to hold a sit-in where he wasn't practicing with the team and team drills. I said, hey, you can't do that. We're going to start fining you. But then he asked to be traded on, uh, on Saturday, early Sunday. The team said no, and we're going to start fining you. So Monday comes and he's practicing with the team fully uh, because obviously he doesn't want to pay the fines, I guess. Uh, fantasy impact there for Kareem Hunt, for fantasy, uh, Chris. Is anyone that drafts Hunt, should they be worried? Uh, I don't know if they should be worried because I think what this is ultimately going to do, they have the deepest running back room in the league because uh, Ernest Johnson has proved he could be a solid number two and can carry the load for short periods of time. So they really have three guys that there's a team out there that needs somebody will come out and get to be their number one, especially Kareem Hunt, who's led the league in rushing, remember, as a rookie uh, on his own. So what's going to happen is that late in camp or maybe early in the season, somebody's going to lose a running back, a real contender. That's the team that's going to come trade for, for Kareem Hunt and maybe make him a fantasy star. So I don't think, you, I don't think his situation has changed. He's either going to become a star by trade or become a star by injury to Chubb. But Ernest Johnson now, I think, really comes on the, the draftable radar late in your draft as a guy who's going to move up into that complementary role when Hunt goes somewhere else. Or possibly even Johnson, who's a free agent at the end of the year, will go somewhere else and become a, a very cheap, tradable commodity. So I think Dernis Johnson now is what this does. This makes him back on the fantasy radar, maybe a little stronger than he was before. Okay. Well, keep an eye on Hunt. Uh, 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 guys out there, where do you draft Hunt? I consider him an RB3, probably a safe RB3, but, of course, that was before all this, you know, talk about wanting to be traded and all. But, you know, we're going to see. We're still a month away from the start of the season, so he could be traded by then. And the, the, team, the Browns are saying, hey, we're not going to trade him. We need him this year. And uh, they're hoping that, hey, he balls out this year, does well for the team, and then if they decide they don't want to extend him, they'll just let him go, and then they'll get a compensation pick for for his uh, for. for for, for him leaving. Uh, so we'll see there. Uh, moving on over to Jacksonville, uh, some good news for uh, veteran running back James Robinson coming off a torn Achilles. Well, he took the first t- his first 
first team reps on Monday uh, looked pretty good. Uh, you know, they were against air, uh, not, not against uh, real opponents and such, but they're slowly easing him in there. And a lot of people were jumping on the Travis Etienne train uh, early uh, before uh, training camp even began and, and drafting him in a third and fourth round and all. Uh, Chris, what's your uh, thoughts on that? Uh, are people going too crazy for Etienne here? Or is maybe uh, James Robinson is the value pick? What's your thoughts? Uh, I, he is the value pick because he's going very late in drafts, if at all. Um, what I think this does is it does allow people to pump the brakes on Etienne a little bit, like you were saying. He's been, frankly, being overdrafted, even though I really love him and his situation and his skill. I think he's going to be you know, better than we might have thought if Robinson was around. If Robinson was there, they would have both been drafted middle rounds as maybe an RB3 or 4. Now Etienne's being drafted as an RB2, and, and that's just too costly for, for the risk involved. So um, this is just going to pump the brakes. Maybe it'll bring Etienne's ADP back down to where it should be or could be for a guy that's really never played a snap in the NFL yet. Yep. I agree there. Uh, moving on over to uh, another running back situation. Of course, we had the Hall of Fame game here in Las Vegas last uh, Thursday night, and it was kind of a bit of a surprise to see Josh Jacobs taking the first uh, snaps and handoffs and actually rushed five times for 30 yards, and the game looked pretty good. But uh, this is a Hall of Fame game, and none of the other starters played in the game, so people were starting to wonder, wait a minute, are they – uh, are they showcasing uh, Josh Jacobs because uh, they maybe don't want to keep him at all? Well, Josh McDaniels, the new head coach there, said, hey, uh, we can't simulate real tackling and, and these types of plays in practice. So we wanted to get our number one guy out there and get him uh, you know, wet, his feet wet, and, and see how he looks and all. And they certainly did that. He said that we're not going to trade him. And if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense because he's coming up on his fourth year there. They didn't uh, pick up his fifth-year team option next year. So maybe Josh Jacobs, you know, is, is going to be motivated here, has a really big year. He'll maybe get an extension with the Raiders, or maybe, you know, he'll sign a big money deal or a nice money deal with somebody else and move on there. But uh, as far as the Raiders uh, go, they're not getting rid of uh, Josh Jacobs. What, what does this make uh, Josh Jacobs in your mind, uh, Chris? Is he still an RB2 or a 3, or, or, or are you going to avoid him? I'm not going to avoid him. Every player has value at the right cost, but he's definitely not an RB2. I think this was already setting up to be a, a huge running back by committee. They paid Kenyon Drake a lot of money to come in uh, last year, the year before, I forget which, uh, to be a complimentary back and knowing that he could carry the load if need be. Josh McDaniels has always used a stable of running backs. Think about what New England was like with James White and Rex Burkhead and all these other guys doing all their different roles week to week. That's probably what you're looking at. Uh, and again, they're going to take advantage of his relatively cheap cost, his rookie deal uh, to complement him with, with Kenyon Drake and maybe rookie Zamir White. Now next year, I think you're right. There's a lot of possibilities depending on how he plays this year. But uh, I, I think you're, I think he's telling the truth. He's not planning on trading him, but certainly that showcase with the first team doesn't hurt if somebody comes to call. He's not looking to trade him, but he wouldn't certainly you know, refuse to answer the phone if somebody calls. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I, 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 that's, I would exactly do the same thing. You're not looking to trade them, but, hey, if you offer me first-round pick or whatnot, hey, you know, hey, you, you, in the right, the right situation, the right deal, you make it, and then you move on from there. Uh, one last thought here. Uh, Michael uh, Thomas, uh, down the, the star uh, wide receiver, hasn't played in like a couple of years, uh, down in New Orleans with the ankle. Uh, people were like, well, is he fully healthy? He you know, started on the, on the pup list, then he quickly came off, went in the t- individual drills. Well, he practiced in team drills for the first time earlier this week, and he came 
came out clean. He looked really sharp, making good cuts, making plays and such. Uh, now, on the Jameis Winston, on the other hand, of course, rolled his ankle. He's going to be out for a couple of days, but, you know, he should be okay by week one here. So uh, Michael Thomas looking more like Michael Thomas. It's not Drew Brees there, though. It's Jameis Winston. What's, uh, what's the fantasy impact in your head, Chris? Uh, where, where, where does uh, Michael Thomas land here? Is he a WR2, 3, 4? What, what, what are you looking at? Well, I, you know that I've been more bullish on Thomas during the preseason than a lot of people are. So I'm, I'm thinking this is just reflecting what I already thought for him. He's been being drafted as a high two, in some cases usually as a three, um, which is, I think, great value for a guy who has high number two, maybe even on occasion low number one potential, uh, especially in a PPR. Um, but they've got such a deep receiving crew now that they didn't have before. It's hard to say because he did most of his damage when he was the only game in town, not just the best game in town. And they still have Alvin Kamara. So I think he's definitely going to be worth the three you draft him at right now. And if his ADP continues to rise into the two range, then uh, it becomes a little more iffy. But I do think he's going to produce at wide receiver number two level this year. Yep. Oh, by the way, people, we're, uh, we're, uh, Chris Rito and I are drafting. We've started our annual uh, uh, Fan X, Fantasy Experts League draft online draft uh we're uh, entering uh, round five now we were hoping maybe to snag michael thomas but he just went a little bit ago but our first five uh, picks from the sixth pole are derrick henry uh alvin kamara and we're going to talk about him here in a little bit uh and then uh, mike evans uh and of course brandon cooks uh so we're looking in the fifth round at uh, running backs wide receivers and such we have our, our pick analysis up for our premium subscribers in our draft guide so if you buy a draft guide 1995 on the site ff mastermind Dot com. You can see our uh, pick analysis as we make the picks. It is a slow draft, so we're making a pick or two every day or so, and uh, it goes 20 rounds. It is 12-team PPR draft, uh, these, and, and these guys know what they're doing. Fantasy Experts League has been around 20-plus years, uh, really excited about it. And, uh, you know, Chris and I team up together, and I think we've won four or five, four or five titles, something like that. And uh, it, you, I think – in, in all the years we've been playing, I think we've only missed the playoffs four or five times, and that's like 20, 23, time, 23 years of playing. So usually we're pretty competitive and made the playoffs last year but didn't, didn't quite win the whole thing, and, but we're excited about it this, this year. Uh, let's move real quickly through the injuries. Uh, Kyler Murray with COVID, he's, uh, he, of course, got over it. He is back at practice. They're going to slowly ease him in. Joe Burrow in Cincinnati coming off that appendectomy. He's day-to-day but expected to be ready for week one. We've got plenty of time there. Matthew Stafford with that arm. Uh, it's actually not his arm. It's his elbow. Um, he's got a little bit of tendonitis in it. They're managing it. He looks. He looked good on Sunday. He took Monday off. That was a scheduled day. So uh, they're not that concerned about it. They're just managing him. He looks good there. Already let you know that James Winston with the ankle roll that he's set to miss a few days and won't play this week in the preseason game. Moving to running back, J.K. Dobbins, a torn ACL in, in the Baltimore. Good news there. They activated him from the pup list. He's on track to play week one. They're going to slowly ease him into practice there. Unfortunately, Gus Edwards, uh, the other guy with the torn ACL, he tore it a little bit later. He's probably doubtful to play in week one. Is probably the furthest away of anyone on the pup list there with that team. So, uh, obviously, Dobbins is probably going to climb in ADP, and Gus will, will slide. Uh, Antonio Gibson with a hamstring. He per- returned to practice for the commanders there. But, of course, he's sharing the playing field with uh, Brian Robinson. I'm going to talk about him. 
a little bit later. And, uh, and the wide receiver here, Mike Evans with a hamstring, kind of a tweak day-to-day there. T. Higgins had off-season shoulder surgery. He's nearly 100%, and he's on track to play in week one. Almost, uh, uh, I think they're holding him out of team drills, but they're getting ready to put him in there. Chris Godwin, good news and bad news, practicing with the team finally, but he's a long way up from fully practicing. But we do have uh, more than a month again, right at a month, uh, you know, to start the season. So there we go. Deontay Johnson is dealing with a little minor hip flexor there. Missed some time on, on Monday. They're just managing him there. Uh, the good news in Pittsburgh, Jace Claypool with a shoulder returned to practice on Monday. Over in, in Washington, we mentioned this last week, James Washington with a foot injury. He's out five to nine more weeks there, uh, keeping a uh, countdown there as we start the season. Van Jefferson over in L.A. with a knee. He had a surgery, uh, but it's a minor scope there. He's out one more, one-plus uh, one more week. And uh, Paris Campbell, uh, dinged uh, in Indianapolis. What's the uh, status on him, uh, Chris? Uh, nobody seems to know. He, he showed up and missed practice yesterday uh, with an undisclosed injury. They, he said he hopes he'll be good to go in a couple of days. Tuesday was a scheduled off day for him already. So, I mean, the fact that they're already managing an injury and not disclosing it uh, for a guy that's just been so brutally injury prone has to make you cock your head. For anyone else, you wouldn't look at it twice. But for Paris Campbell, you've got to be suspicious. Yeah, and he's on my sleeper list. I, in fact, I own, already own him in a dynasty league, and I'm crossing my fingers here because yeah, the kid, when he plays, he can produce when he's targeted. But boy, you know, he's just been unable to play due to injuries and such. Moving to, to Atlanta, Brian Edwards shoulder injury. He returned to practice. Looks good there. Two notes on tight ends: Irv Smith with a thumb. Of course, he underwent surgery. Still expected to play Week One. And Taysom Hill with the ribs. He returned to practice for the Saints on Monday. And we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League Championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Read Drafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, we always urge everyone to check out our website. Lots of good free stuff and premium stuff there, ffmastermind.com. Of course, our flagship features are uh, in a free NFL Quick Bits uh, section. Anytime uh, news breaks in the NFL, we're posting it and releasing it, and every single day for like the last 25-plus years we've been doing this. Of course, we're uh, still keeping track of all the free agents, where they sign and go, the player movement tracker and such. Free Eye in the Sky scouting reports, too, in August from each of the scouts covering the teams, including uh, the Colts from Chris Rito. We've uh, just updated our Masters list and MCP board, Mastermind Championship Projections board, and Executive Draftmaster Excel app software program. Uh, this past Friday, we're going to do another update this uh, Thursday night, Friday morning. Version 3 of the preseason draft guide is already released. Last Friday, has 16 articles in it, 345 pages. Uh, just after we uh, 
finish taping this part of the show, this show, uh, we're going to release our first couple of um, perfect drafts from John Cooney that cover uh, the 10-team drafts, PPR and non-PPR, and then uh, tomorrow, the next day after that, uh, it's going to be 12-team uh, PPR and non-PPR perfect drafts. It's something you will definitely want to check out. And, of course, um, the price is 19.95 for the guide. A summer rates uh, Pro Bowl package, which is the guide and the newsletters, all the updates to the guide and the updates of preseason rankings and such, $49.95. Our Super Bowl package is everything, including the Executive Draft Master soft, uh, Software, Excel app, EDM. Uh, the Super Bowl package is $59.95. And please follow me on Twitter, at FFMastermind, and let's get right to the running back preview. Now, this, these are our top ten running backs in PPR format, that's point per catch. People, uh, most people out there now are playing in leagues where uh, running backs and wide receivers and tight ends get a point per catch. Uh, Chris, what about your top three running backs for 2022 in PPR formats? Well, at the first overall pick, you, you want as much safety as possible. You can't have any risk. So you've got to go with Jonathan Taylor. Um, the O-line still full of pro bowlers. The improved quarterback play, leadership for Matt Ryan should put them in scoring position more often, more consistently. The schedule on paper looks more amenable to running success as well, so his efficiency should be high. The only possible concern is regression from his very high touchdown rate and big play rate, uh, which were kind of off the charts in 2021. Uh, my number two, and I know this is not consistent with most people's opinions in ADP, I still have Derrick Henry number two. He's just a beast. He's finished in the top three in PPR scoring three straight years, despite only catching 55 passes over that time. There's little reason to believe they're not going to ride him hard, uh, maybe harder without A.J. Brown. Uh, so, again, people, his ADP has slipped into the late first, in some cases early second. Do people really think he's hit the wall where he's injury-prone after one injury? Um, last year they added that Julio Jones lost run-heavy offensive coordinator Arthur Smith and several blockers, but when he got hurt, he was still well ahead of everyone else in fantasy points and touches and averaged two points per game more than Jonathan Taylor last year. So now think about this. He lost half the season to injury and still finished sixth in touchdowns and ninth in rushing yards. The guy's just a beast. He's safe. And number three is Christian McCaffrey. If he could just stay on the field, he'd be the unquestioned overall number one pick in both redraft and dynasty league, PPR or non-PPR. His per-game pace would have put him about five points per game ahead of any other running back, if not for the injuries repeatedly the last two years. I'd like to think this may be the best quarterback and receiving crew he has played with in his career. So just imagine what he could achieve if he can stay in the lineup. He's a top pick with huge demonstrated injury risk, but he's too much of a game changer for fantasy to let slide past the third overall pick, and he probably won't. Yep. Uh, okay, my top five, uh, two of your top three are in my top – actually, all three are in my top five, but they're not all in my top three. <laughs> okay, number one, Jonathan Taylor, uh, you know, after the season that he had, uh, not much has changed in, in, in any – I know they're going to be using an eye on mines a little bit more here, but Jonathan Taylor is just too good. Uh, he's good. He, he could just carry the load to get around the goal line. It's going to be Taylor time. Uh, you know, I, I projected 17 total touchdowns here for him and about 1,600 yards rushing. Uh, number two on my list is Austin Eckler for the Chargers. Uh, you do all everything very similar to Christian McCaffrey. He just doesn't seem to get as injured as much as McCaffrey, and that's the one reason why I've got Eckler two and McCaffrey three. Uh, for, for the same reason you like McCaffrey, I like him at number three. Uh, Austin Eckler, I just I just have just a hair 
uh, a hair above uh, McCaffrey, and the fact that uh, he seems to be a little less injury prone. That's the only reason why he's number two and number three there. And then number four actually moves up from last week in my poll uh, for my premium subscribers. They might say, hey, you still got him at five, but now I got him at four. Is Derrick Henry for much of the same reason that you have. I own him in a dynasty league, uh, and, and and it's like, yes, this this foot injury was serious, but it was his first injury, major injury. And guess what, people? It, it enabled him to skip all of the last half of last season, so well, lots of wear and tear, not, not on his body. So he's, uh, you know, comes in fresh. Uh, you know, well, he only looked average in the playoff. Well, that was against a playoff team, and he wasn't 100% healthy. Well, now he's healthy. He's looked fantastic in camp. They're not going to change their their play, game plan there. So I've got him rivaling t- Taylor up over 1,600 yards rushing and about 16, 17 scores too. He's just not going to catch as many passes as Taylor, and that's why he's number four on my list. And number five, Najee. Harris, uh, that's the guy I had initially ahead of Henry. I wanted to see how Henry looked in, in, in the camps, and Henry looks really good. Najee Harris doesn't look bad in the camps and all, but we could just hear continuing that the coaches want to see use uh, Harris a little bit less uh, than they used him last year, and that's going to lower his projections just a little bit. That and the fact that, that you know the quarterback uh, situation is not the best with Big Ben retired, even though people didn't like Big Ben. I think Big Ben is much improvement over Mitch Trubisky, uh, and uh, Pickett, the rookie, is on still third team. So there's questions there about how many opportunities Harris has to score, and I've only got him scoring ten times. So that's Henry four and Najee Harris five. Who are your number four and five guys, Chris? Uh, my number four is a guy who, again, doesn't have a current ADP this high, but he's getting there, and that's Alvin Kamara. Uh, his lowest fantasy finish over the past five seasons in PPR points per game is eight. He's cracked the top five three times. He's a lock for 80 catches. He had four straight years of over 80 before slipping last year at 100 targets. Uh, and he's an absolute touchdown machine. He's averaged 14 a year, even with a low total last year. In fact, he has the most total touchdowns and the most receptions by a running back in the five years he's been in the league. So the only concern is, what about a suspension? Well, most legal pundits believe the continuance of his case means he will not face suspension until 2023. So his current depressed ADP is something you should absolutely take advantage of in early drafts because he's rising. Again, that's why we got him in the middle of the second round in our FanX draft. And number five, I also have Najee Harris, number five. I mean, the rookie last year led the NFL in touches by a long shot. He had just under 1,000 snaps last year, which is – almost 200 more than Zeke, who was number two, and a little more than 200 more than number three, Jonathan Taylor. He's playing nearly 30% more offensive snaps than every other running back in the league. And Coach Tomlin has unambiguously said he wants and needs Harris to be a bell cow, so even if his volume comes down, his volume should still keep him at the front of the line. The only knock last year was he was very inefficient, and the volume masked that. But it's worth noting that he also had low touchdowns, but few teams passed in the red zone, in the near red zone, as often as Pittsburgh last year. And with a step back, you mentioned the quarterback play, with a step back from the veteran, dependable Roethlisberger, I think they're going to actually lower their percentage of passing in the near, near red zone so he could improve his low TD totals this year. That does make some sense there. Okay, now my six through eight, uh, Joe Mixon, number six. I think he's one of the safest guys in the top ten here to take. Uh, he's not been getting very injured very much at all. Uh, Twelve hundred, thirteen yards rushing. I think about thirteen, fourteen total touchdowns, about forty catches there. That plays in a solid number six. So in other words, uh, at the turn there, uh, late first, early second. Maybe you took a wide receiver first uh, in maybe the ten or eleven hole. You might be able to get Joe Mixon as your one uh, in the early in the second. 
second round there. And number seven might be surprised that Andre Swift, I, I just think that, uh, you know, he showed when he was healthy last year before he injured his shoulder that he can be a dynamic player, catching a lot of passes, a lot of lot like Alvin Kamara. And uh, Campbell there, the head coach, said that, hey, we got to get Swift more uh, touches this year, so it's going to be much less of a one-two punch and more of a Swift uh, swift <laughs> punch up the gut there, as well as not only in the running game and in the passing game. I, I've still only got him scoring uh, nine nine times, but uh, you know, uh, fourteen, fifteen hundred total yards, uh, almost seventy catches that pushes him to number seven on my list. And number eight is Dalvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook might be one of the most talented uh, uh, overall uh, rushers, tailbacks in the league. Why not higher than eight in my book? Because he's got that um, uh, dislocated shoulder that pops out a lot, and he just takes the wrong hit. And he's going to be out two or three, four games. Now, of course, if you draft Alexander Madison later in your, later in your draft, it'd be fine. But you do have to, uh, you know, take a pick on Madison probably anywhere between round eight to twelve, depending on you know uh, your team, your opponents in your in your league as to whether they they like him or not. But uh, you know, Cook definitely when he plays, he can be top five producer. But with that injury history, I got a number eight. Uh, what about the rest of your top ten, Chris? I'm sorry, I was muted, so I did, my, par, my fault. Uh, I said, I've got Dalvin yeah, Cook. Yeah, the rest of your top six. ten. We didn't get any of your t- the number six through ten. Yep, Dalvin, six is number, is number six. Dalvin Cook is number six on my list. You mentioned all the reasons, all the pluses and the minuses. I totally agree with that. Uh, all the six, my six through ten, have some measure of risk, and I put him at the top of the list because he has the highest upside. You mentioned his per-game productivity. It's off the charts, nearly a touchdown a game score, but he does have risk. Um, I have Austin Eckler, number seven. I know this is a, a unpopularly low ranking for a guy that's going in the top four of most PPR drafts. I'm just not sold. Uh, and the reason is the reports are the team and Eckler himself want to lower his workload and not get 200 carries again. And even with his great offense, he scored 20 touchdowns last year. I cannot realistically project that again. So even with a solid 15 touchdowns from his stats last year, that drops him down to the RB7 or 8 range. So that's where I put him right now, even with his potential for 80-plus catches. Got Joe Mixon, number eight, uh, rock solid, number one. Again, he has uh, another high floor, very safe pick. The offensive line is dramatically improved. That should help him, and he's still a bell cow back. I just think he might lack the explosiveness of the high end uh, of some of the guys ranked just ahead of him. So I, I do have him kind of middle of the pack in eight here. I got Nick Chubb, number nine. The Browns make no bones about their game plan. They got rid of or changed out their receiver crew, kept their defense, O-line, and running backs intact. They plan to run the ball and beat you up. Now, he does split some time, but he's definitely the alpha dog in the pound. And he's a closer. He runs out fourth quarters, piles up stats late. Um, he also has a great opening schedule. Carolina, the Jets, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta. So he should come out of the gate strong with the pedestrian Jacoby Brissett under center. So he's got a high weekly floor, scores TDs in bunches. And then my number 10 is Aaron Jones. Um, he's been a consistent top seven running back for several years until his knee injury last year. So he was a little bit down, but he still finished number 11 in points. PPR leagues by scoring 10 touchdowns and catching 52 balls. With the loss of Devontae Adams, his value as the top pass catching back in Green Bay should hold up, even if A.J. Dillon starts to get more run and goal line looks. It should be noted that Jones averaged 26 PPR points per game over the last three seasons when Devontae Adams has been out of the lineup and over five catches per game in those games. So the changes should actually help him. I think he's a safe, safe and yet weakly explosive pick at the end of round one early in round two. 
Okay. Uh, well, the final two in my uh, book, uh, number nine is Alvin Kamara. Uh, he was actually not in my top ten until just recently here because uh, they, of course, delayed the initial uh, meeting for his here, initial hearing for his uh, legal case, and it looks like he's probably not going to be suspended in 2022. But that could change. But you know, we're being a little, little bit cautious here. But I do move him up into my top 10 for PPR at number 9. And number 10, I've got Leonard Fournette. Uh, oh, Lenny, playoff Lenny. Yeah, I think he's going to rush for about 1,000 yards and catch 50-plus passes there, uh, score about 10 touchdowns. He just edges out James Conner, who's going to see TD regression. Uh, he won't score 18 times this year. I have him down as 12. But it's very, very close between the two. And like you said, Aaron Jones right there just outside my uh, top 11 there. Uh, but I like Lenny uh, at number 10. So uh, let's go with a couple of uh, uh, maybe uh, let's start with uh, underrated guys, uh, sleepers, whatnot. A couple of guys running back that you like this uh, this year this summer, Chris. A couple of guys you can get later in your draft. I like Daryl Henderson as a value pick. I mean, Cam Akers getting a lot of love after his big comeback and playoff snaps in January, but he really wasn't so dominant to merit the assumption that he's the unquestioned alpha dog there. Still getting work with the starters in camp. And it seems like a million years ago, but he was a solid RB1 in the top 10 last season through eight weeks when he hurt his knee and then split time with Sony Michelle and missed games. The system is good enough that even in a timeshare with Akers, he's going to be productive, and his ADP is low enough that I think he's going to give you a better return on investment than Cam Akers eight or nine rounds earlier, regardless of the split. And then one of my personal favorites this year uh, is right here in Indianapolis, Naheem Hines. Two years ago with a decisive, immobile quarterback veteran under center, Hines was quietly the number 18 running back in PPR system. He dropped back in 2021 with the erratic decisions of Carson Wentz, but now he's got another veteran immobile quarterback whose style fits his. And the Colts have made no bones about wanting to get him more involved. They extended him last year, and he's right now one of the top 12 paid running backs in the league, believe it or not. He's been all over the formation. He's been running a ton of wide receiver routes. And here's a guy you can get as an RB5 that could put up PPR RB2 numbers on some weeks and should easily catch upward of 60 balls again this year. Okay, like you, a couple of sleepers in my book at tailback here can be much later in the draft. Tyler Algier, the uh, rookie for Atlanta, uh, got a lot of praise in offseason and, uh, and early in training camp here. Of course, the first depth chart comes out, and he's listed like eighth on the depth chart. But, of course, you know we all know that uh, Cordero Patterson is the number one, but it's 1A, one, one and I believe that uh, by the time the season comes around, Algier probably 1B. Uh, uh, the fact is, is that his ADP is so low you can get him uh, in the mid to later report of your draft. The same thing goes for Zamir White uh, in, L- in uh, Las Vegas here with Josh Jacobs. Uh, well, he won't be traded. Maybe he will if they get the right deal. We'll see. Uh, what's interesting is Zamir White came into the game after uh, Jacobs, but ahead of Kenyon Drake, uh, and actually he impressed in the game. Of course, it was the first uh, game, the Hall of Fame game, but still, the kid looked good, uh, and they showed why they drafted him. So there are, there are two names to keep an eye on and draft as your four or five or six uh, uh, RB uh, on your team this summer. How about a couple of overrated guys uh, that, uh, for you, Chris? Uh, I've got a couple of guys that I really like, and they're far and away the most talented guys on their team, but they're both being drafted at their ceilings and not with realistic expectations because of other veterans in the backfield, and that's DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams. Um, yeah, I know Swift caught a lot of passes, but he did a lot of his damage facing prevent defenses and with a lot of the pass catchers missing for the Lions. Detroit has upgraded their receiving core and their defense, so both of those could be reduced. And they really love Jamal Williams. He's not only is he a veteran presence, but he's the emotional leader of that team, especially on the offense. He's not going away. So I just don't think Swift is going to get the touches 
the, 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 the total touches that, that many people think. And Javante Williams, the same thing. Again, better than Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon was quietly better than him statistically last year, yards per carry, et cetera. And unlike in Detroit, Gordon is a better receiver, and he's shown a real nose for the end zone in his career. So I think just this one B in this running back by committee is going to cut into that return on investment and cap his ceiling. So I'd rather take Gordon and, and Jamal Williams at their rock-bottom ADPs for return on investment rather than have to invest third-round pick or better in DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams. Yeah, I'd say I'd, I'd probably have to agree with you there. I, I got lucky in the uh, fantasy uh, uh, fantasy football players championship FFPC pros versus Joes. I drafted in the seven hole and uh, drafted Shamar Chase first. Javante Williams is my number one in the second, but I was uh, very fortunate enough to get Melvin Gordon in round ten as my uh, I believe my RB four, RB three or four. I think it was it was a four RB four. So uh, in a best ball situation like that, uh, whoever scores, I'm going to get the points. Uh, that's a situation where you, if you do draft Javante Williams, if Gordon does last to you around the 10, 11, 12 hole, you probably do want to go ahead and handcuff uh, Gordon to Javante uh, for that reason. A couple of guys that I think are, are overrated right now in terms of ADP, uh, definitely Josh Jacobs. I've seen him go as high as end of the second. I think in the fan X draft he went in the fourth which is more reasonable, but still, uh, you know, he could be drafted as a two there if you go wide receiver or quarterback heavy first. Uh, I don't agree with that. Uh, I think he's a, a decent three at best. If he's traded, it depends on where he goes. If he goes to a bad team, boy, you know, things could be ugly. Or if he goes to a team where there's other uh, good running backs, that could be a bad news too. The other guy on my list here is Antonio Gibson. He's just always kind of been injury prone, you know, with the foot, the toe, the ankle. Uh, and then they got Brian Robinson from uh, Alabama. Uh, and and then, of course, they re-signed J.D. McKissick, so there's not going to be much pass catching there from Gibson, and they're talking like Brian Robinson might be the bull to goal. What does that leave Antonio Gibson to start and carry 12, 14 times for 70 yards, maybe a catch or two, and maybe an off a score here or there? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just too expensive for me to spend even an RB3 pick on Antonio Gibson there, so by the time he goes off the board, I'm kind of avoiding him for that reason. Anyway, we want to thank everyone for joining us. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when the wide receiver position from a fantasy perspective is previewed for 2022. Good night and good luck to everyone drafting this week. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir! It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.